Line, episode 164, partnering with Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Now, coming down from a tremendous weekend of West Australian horse racing, alongside the one and only Perth racing guru here at 11HQ. Guru. Hello, BJ. How are you? Good. Very good. Very good. How was your quokka day, mate? Good quokka day. Great quokka day, actually. In the uh, in the SEN tent, we had a tremendous time in there with uh, Miles and Gareth were gracious hosts, and uh, Grip and I did a little bit. Tried to find a winner. Um, they tell me you called the quokka. Is that true? Well, I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, yeah. Because on yeah. SEN track, they don't actually have the the broadcasting of the race coming through. Yeah. So they threw me at about the thousand, and I had no sound. So how, and I'm how, not very. How did familiar. they bring you in? No, just someone said, Terry. <laughs> that's it. That <laughs> was there, the race. It was about 200 metres into the race. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, and I didn't have any sound, so I didn't actually know who was leading because I didn't know the colours of the Eastern Staters all that uh, <laughs> deeply. If it was any other WA race, I would have been able to call it. I would have thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, so I just focused on Amelia's jewel and um, – yeah, and, and Pikey out the back. And I think Pikey did the right thing by saying, I'm not in this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of the way and let you go, Paddy. Good luck. Did you go, don't know, on the line? No, I called that she lost. Did you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very pessimistic in that sense. I end up having a reasonable crack. I I talked myself into it. I, I drank too many beers. I just thought, no, you know what? She's winning today mm-hmm. and I'm going to- J-Dub. I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna, that's why she lost, <laughs> J-Dub. Um, and I'm going to have a, uh, I'm going to have a pop, but- uh, on occasions, I do like to say that my horse is lost on the line when I'm not sure in like a pessimistic, optimistic mm. type of way. So Setting yourself up for- Well, it's uh, one of my favourite horses, be, be pessimistic. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so, but I did think she lost. I did think she lost on the line. But uh, geez, cracking race, cracking story, cracking everything. It, it yeah. was brilliant. We saw Dan O'Sullivan's ratings go up during the week. Big. Big, yeah, uh, well, you would have. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what all those ratings allow for as such, but, I mean, if she draws barriers, say three, I'm forgetting the barrier situation. Yeah. Just say she draws in like a low gate and she could have landed two, pairs three, closer. two yeah. or three pairs closer. She runs two or three. I don't think it diminishes much from her finishing burst. She finishes two or three lengths ahead and suddenly her rating's up there with the exactly. top three yeah. or four there. So yeah. I think I saw he, some comments saying oh, all those people that think she's not up to, like all those people that think she's the best, she's clearly not the best. I'm like, well... Yeah, she might not be the bear. I don't, I don't know how to judge them against the Eastern Staters, but yeah. that's also the situation of that race and, and what she had to do. So. Yeah, I saw. I read his article and he did make mention of, you know, a uh, more forward running position probably elevates her rating. Yeah, you know, whatever. What is, is it? Two points for length, roughly. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Mm. Uh, which way Cripper on? He'd know a bit more about that. But mm. um, fucking data. Yeah, I. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like what? Like. You know, we can all get excited about a good horse, mm. and it's all in front of her. She's a three-year-old filly. She's won. Uh, she's won a Karakata. She's won a Guineas. She's won a Northerly over eighteen hundred. She almost won a. She almost won. She won first up over eleven hundred. She's almost won a Quokka. She's bloody good. So she is. Yeah, might, I, I don't I, think anyone ever questioned well, that she like, was any good. good. So. <laughs> no, but I mean the, the no, that was a joke because yes. I did remember. Yes, you yes, did. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That was that was a, that was in reference to that. She's, so. she's, uh, I think she just kept getting a season runs a and kept winning, and I just I just expected that. I just thought everything was lining up for her consistently, and I still think it was when you look at what she's beaten. But to come out at weight for age against the best sprinters in the country, draw the widest, be back last, do what she did there, uh, in the Roma Cup is when I fully believed, and yeah. I was all hang on. 
on. Yeah, Hang on, I, a, I might have uh, got this a little bit wrong. I've also, I, I don't think I fully appreciated from what Simon Miller and the team did in regards to training her for the 1800. And I said this last week mm. um, as well before the cocker. I, I, I probably didn't appreciate that aspect of things. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, but that's I something think, I'm trying to learn more. I and think more you were of. onto something in terms of like she wasn't herself. Her trials were no good. She scrambled in. And I think what's been, we've learned since then is that. Simon and his team were actually kind of patching her up yeah. and, and playing catch up just to get her through that sort of spring summer campaign. Mm-hmm. So now, after a reasonable so it looked like she's she's elevated a game, but also a trouble free preparation helps that helps you produce your best. And she's run the fastest last two of the day on Saturday, and yeah. one of the highest rating twelve hundred meter races behind Halatorian uh, in recent times at Ascot. So um, yeah. It was. He still said it's a benchmark, but if you can be in the same conversation as Alatour, then you know you're doing well. So, <laughs> who ran the third quickest last 200 of the day? Uh, who was that? Beads. Beads, yeah. <laughs> and ran fifth. Spin the knife and beads, yeah. I'm never ever declaring anything ever again. I just feel like they they can't handle my weight. Fuck <laughs> me, Dad. Uh, but the day itself, from well, from my point of view, it was yeah, it was a. I had a great day. It was day. tremendous. I had a great day. Tremendous. I reckon next year um, it, it'll be even more chockers. It'll just grow in. Yeah, this is um, this is what we saw was just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what that day can be. Mm-hmm. Now, Perth Racing, Racing Wagering West Australia, in conjunction with the government, tourism, WA, whatever, it has to be chips in now with the quokka. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Invest in the event, believe in the event. We saw what Adelaide could do with their gather around with footy on the weekend. Why couldn't you know, with the this weekend for our Western trilogy be a celebration of the three codes over over four days in Western Australia and make that the primary event um, for that time of year. Uh, especially like we've gone to the, ex- the the extremes of naming them these races: the Quokka, the Nullarbor, and the Sandgroper. It's right there for Tourism Australia, to, uh, Tourism Western Australia, to get behind and invest in the event and um, make it really special. And the you know. To, to, there, there were a few things that worked out in favour of the day. The weather was ended up being spot on, which was great. Um, the build-up to the Quokka was, I don't know, the, the crowd sort of got really buzzing following the Super Sphinx victory in the Karakata. So many people in that horse. I think there's 30 members of the Super Sphinx ownership all, par- all filing into the uh, the mounting yard, and it was just a tremendous lead-up to to the the main event the quokka i thought tim gossage um bringing the jockeys in and um announcing the winners coming back to scale over the p i thought that worked really well i think we needed on those big days you need a hype man to be able to to get everyone up and about and i thought tim did a good job of that and then the quokka was just such a great race Mm. it had everything so good um, win from overpass tremendous fast race i told you it reminded me of great shots winning the um, yeah the railway stakes where the 300 you think oh is he gonna run nearer to last than first yeah and um just fights tenacious yeah, and I think the 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 the, the Derby Racing, who are the syndicators of Overpass, that's a huge operation over in Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, they've won Golden Slippers and all sorts of you know big races uh, over the journey, and their tentacles spread far and wide within the uh, Australian racing communities. And then you have the story of the Rams Racing Syndicate guys, and and you know how many thirty or forty. Uh, that's fel- that's one of my favourite stories because you had all the big conglomerates involved, yep. blah, blah, blah. And um, I was speaking to someone the other day and 
they think next year there should be more of that and there's there's probably an angle where say what have we got 12 slots 14 slots 14, 14 slots moment, maybe yeah. if you've got more competition for slots say you got 25 slots you have to add a like there has to be a factoring you know what will you add to the race like yeah. what will you bring to the race from a um advertising from a marketing from a point of view like what entertainment yeah so i, I don't mind that as a thought process rather than but yeah. also but also it's up to up to rawa to get the the stake money right because it's because you know a lot of the a lot of the people that finished seventh to 14th lost three quarters of their investment but that's on, the, that's the whole Saturday. point you're meant to lose you can't it's not it's not risk-free oh, we, we just go and do now it. that's risk-free but you but then again you but you got to get people to come again next year the thing with the Everest is they do in three-year blocks. So if you if you want to buy a slot, you got to buy it for three years. Yeah, and it happens but, if but, you run last. But next, how year, much do you get back? Uh, I think it's I think it's a better a better split. Right. Much better. Well, split. It, it's still. I think I think if you run last, you get. I think if you run last, you get, it's three percent. Whereas here it was only like one and a half percent. But how much of your investment do you get back for running last? Well, that's what I mean. You, you basically, you, you, I think you get. Um, it just depends what the deal broke is broken. Yeah, but of just without the deal, without because over here you're getting a third of it back. Then you got to split that. So say you well, we don't have to split that. Just depends. However, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I think they need to get the money right. They need to increase the increase the value of the race um, and get the get the money right so that because what happens next year, Terry is railway has to go out and get fourteen willing investors again, and it wasn't it wasn't as easy as people think to get the fourteen. This year, so I think it'll be easier year two now well, that it's been done and it's around. You'd think that the Ladbrokes and sports bet SENs they'll all go again. Yeah, yeah. maybe Betfair will let us pick one. What do you reckon? <laughs> we can have our own little, uh, maybe a one-one podcast or Odenaka. Yeah, Odenaka. You reckon? And Odenaka. So yeah, th there's going to be challenges along the way. But I, just a side note, I watched. Um, I watched the dog race. It's the first dog race I've watched in, I can't remember when. Shit's um, boring, isn't it? I watched that. It was over pretty quick. <laughs> but the, the harness race, and I'm, you know, I've been going the trots uh, since I was a kid, loved the trots, but that was a tremendously tactical, that was a bloody brilliant race to watch. Jeez, they've, so, uh, they've had the knives out for, um, I don't even know his name. Aldo, Aldo Cortapassi. Aldo Cortapassi, yeah, 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 the driver of Magnificent Storm. Yeah, well, he's, no, the funny he's, he's no longer the driver. And yeah. the horse next week goes to the Narragin Cup worth 30 <laughs> grand in total, 34,000 in total. <laughs> Gee whiz, you forget how big a payday that can be for certain horses. That was going around $1.70. Yeah. So I presume it's worth I think three, he, four hundred thousand. I think at the, the start he hit the owners. mobile and it was just absolutely I think it was more, I don't, I don't know enough about the sport sport of uh, trots to comment too in-depthly, but I think it was more when they made that move early, he had to go then or something. I think it was more, it wasn't a horse that could be boxed in. And I think, well, I think that's what they were I disappointed think it, in. I think not leading made the race because I think if, from what I understand, talking to some very smart harness mm. people at the Western Trilogy launch on Thursday, was if Magnificent Storm uh, led, it was led, all over. It was, it was uh, good night, Irene. Mm. So, but great race. And, um, but yeah, I think from a, from an event point of view on Saturday, it was a tremendous first running of the Quokka. And the fact that Derby Racing and Rams Racing won uh, just created this huge buzz, so much so much excitement in the mounting yard after after the Quokka and um, everyone was just, just pumped. I mean, obviously um, not a few were 
heavily invested on Amelia's jewel and the crowd just went bananas when she made I her run. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was man. still good. Yeah. By that stage of the day, I was just, yeah. I didn't care if I'd won or yeah. lost on anything to so be honest. So a friend of mine, enjoying it. a friend of mine, Dave Skelton's a member of the Rams Racing Syndicate. Mm-hmm. So we ran into him on the way out and um, my friend, friends, Brian Kay and Toddy Harvey, we, uh, we jumped in a car and headed to Subiaco and partied with the Rams Racing boys after the, oh, uh, <laughs> after the quokka. So yeah, you just got to, uh, if you can't beat them, join them. So yeah, we just chimed in. And um, so, but yeah, that like all bunch of knockabouts from different walks of life and all of a sudden they're um, they're talking Everest slots now. So look out, Why not? Rams Racing. Why not? Just all up the money in yeah. Everest slot, eh? <laughs> Three years in a row. Yeah, but uh, great day, um, yeah. Hats off to to everyone who got the event off the ground and hopefully it'll be bigger and better next year. 100%. Would like to see Karakata on a different day. Really? Yeah. And is that- felt a is bit that, swallowed up. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was a good good lead-in. It was, it was a good lead-in, but I want the card. I still want the Karakata to be a lead-in. But, but also, you, you also think that the Karakata plate winner might be a chance for a slot. That's also a major reason, yeah, 100%. But yeah, I just felt like the Karakata got swallowed up a bit. It was actually Mark Olmos that was saying yeah, this to me, that, that he, well, he yeah. sort of felt that way. And I, I, I agree. Like, I, I love the idea of that extra big race on the day. So I don't know what they can replace that with or yep. what, what can be on the day um, in that hole. Um, you could almost have the Karakata two weeks earlier have the size on the day, like mm. the size produce the lead in. So then you got the opportunity for a horse like Super Smink, Live to Tell, to go to a Quokka afterwards Imagine or that. go to a, a size. So yeah. there's an idea. There you go, bang. I've already fixed it. Yeah. Thank me later. Interesting. All right. But um, yeah, so that's Quokka version one over and out. Loved it. And now we uh, have to- uh, Cracky Dave Messi in as well. He did well. Looking after us, we had a yeah, we had a lot of fun in our uh, in our tent, and um, I think the lads kicked on. I think uh, I had to go to a party with my lovely partner in the uh, in the evening, but yeah. uh, I think Miles went and ended up with having dinner with uh, Simon yeah, Miller and Paddy Carvery. And I saw Miles and Super. I was a little bit jealous yeah. afterwards. <laughs> I thought, geez, I probably would have been tagging onto these. So I uh, yeah, no, but good house party though. Hey, good house party. Oh, good fun, mate. Yeah. yeah, it was a cocktail making party actually, and uh, we made the Midori splices, and um, it was basically just curdled vodka. So we came last, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me. I thought you might have gone for the from the three minutes effort I put in. Everyone else had been working on this all week. I literally just googled something, but what ingredients can I buy in four minutes? I thought you might have got the illusion shakers out or something like that. No, we had some shakers out. Yeah, we had some shakers out, but no, mine it actually wasn't drinkable. So yeah, and by that stage but, of proceedings, most things were drinkable. So did you did you hit the road before? Before you got a chance to boogie to Darren Reed in the Soul City Groove? Nah, I had a chance to to see the to see the Soul City Grooves. Didn't actually get on the dance floor this time though. Um, they were going yeah. off. They were going they off. Were, yeah, they yeah. always do though. Don't yeah, they? they do. Always yeah. do. Yeah, they never miss. Um, but yeah, good fun. Yeah, one of the funnest days I've had at the races in, mm. in a long time. Different atmosphere, wasn't it? It was. It was. Mm. I think. Um, at the launch party on Thursday, geez, it was a bit doom and gloom weather-wise when you're looking out. That window over the Swan River and the all the weather was rolling in, but um, yeah, the uh, the gods, the weather gods shined on us on Saturday, and that kind of helped make the event as well. But um, just want to give a shout out to uh, the character play winner, of course, Super Smink, who was that was a special victory. Mm. Uh, that was Dan Morton and Chris Parnham's first character. Caracatta plate victories. So that was a um, feather in their cap. But um, yeah, I know that. That was the run of the day, I reckon. Yeah, I know that. That was anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's going to start a dollar and one cent in the in the size. 
Yeah. I'll probably go Shinsaw. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Shinsaw. We'll see what um, progresses from the character, but there was a lot of horses beating a lot of doesn't matter if, and if it goes there, like it's going to have to take something coming from the east. Yep. Like there's no horse that can, unless something backs up from this weekend, unless, I, I don't know, unless they're going to go seven days with a Bondi plunge or a, mm. something, and it would have to come out and win like Winks. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. She's got her, that race at her mercy, hasn't she? Mm. Um, but yeah, they're just, I know I'm part of the, part of the stable there at Morton Racing, but I think De- like, you have to give Dan his due. He's, he, I reckon he's the most, uh, he's the best all-round trainer in Western Australia. Two-year-olds, three-year-olds, sprinters, stayers, um, older horses. He can travel horses and, and win, um, buys yearlings, gets, you know, recycled horses. He's just, whatever the system is that him and Vince and Luke and all the crew have there at Ascot, it, it works tremendously well. And, I mean, when you go through their season, Morton Racing, it's... Uh, Third in a railway, second in a winter bottom, second in a gold rush, second in a Perth Cup, won a Magic Millions, won an Oaks, second and third in a Derby, and now they've won the Karakata on um, on Saturday. So, um, he's BJ's, BJ's chasing a rise. Gee, we just ask him, BJ. <laughs> just speak to Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you got to acknowledge that the like the performance of the stable over over the season, and um, I think um, I think yeah, they're hoping to get to get cheese with Adelaide for the Oaks in a couple of weeks as well. So, yeah. stay tuned for that. I like judging him off. Uh, judging success of stable against purchase price of horses yeah. as well. And I feel like Danny doesn't overspend. Certain yards seem to – their yards are dominated by, you know, seventy to $300,000 nags. And it's very hard if you look at the uh, big picture in regards to money spent versus money made. Um, I don't know. I haven't actually looked at the stats, but I, I could imagine that his would be um, very strong in a positive <laughs> Yes, since forty-five thousand, I think Super Spink was. There you so, go. There's a yeah. lot of those stories. So yeah, yeah. How much was Dick Dean? He wasn't that much. Was he? Bargain. Yeah, he was. What was he? One hundred twenty. He was one hundred twenty. Yeah, escalating. Escalating. One hundred sixty. Niet was. Niet was fifty. I watched a movie the other night. Actually, te- the Tetris movie. Oh, I've I didn't seen that. that. Yeah, it's, it's a cracker. Taron Edgerton, big fan. You got to get Apple TV. It's yeah. just the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't want to leave the house for a week and just watch all the shows I haven't seen yet. But um, are yeah, you up to date with Succession? Someone said Niet. I just laughed. So it's an expensive word to say. You up to date with Succession yeah. yet? Uh, yeah, no, I've watched Succession. You up Come to date? On. Yeah. Yeah, all right, good. Yeah, good, good show. Right. No spoilers. Very um, slow start in Succession, but it really, really rolls into it. Oh, it? yeah, it's uh, it's the best. All right, let's yeah. take a break and uh, we'll come back with our preview for Ascot on Saturday. No, I was thinking of Severance. I'm not up to date with Succession. <laughs> Leave that in, Jeff. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a different platform, yeah. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Sheila Gwynn Stakes Day. BJ Ryan and Terry Layton were teaming up to record episode 164 of The One One. This is the West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just after 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 20th of April. Pinjarra racing today, Ascot Saturday, Albany, it's Jericho Cup Day this Sunday, Albany Sunday. And of course, Anzac Day Tuesday, we have meetings at Ascot and Kalgoorlie coming your way. Mm. I didn't even allow for that. For Tuesday to work. Yeah. You're out today. Yeah, no, I just sort of had a quick peek before when you mentioned earlier. Uh, Don't forget, BJ, to stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. Um, And we have Mac Hall 
taking on Chrissy Parnham as Chris Parnham chases three um, victories on the trot in the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Very good. <clears throat> one one reminders: uh, our podcast, the West Australian Racing Podcast, it can be, uh, it is available rather on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other platforms. So please download, subscribe, like, follow. Do whatever you have to do. If there's an opportunity to give us a five-star rating, well, don't think, just do. Let's get cracking on our Sheila Gwynn Stakes Day preview. But first of all, we have to start, as always, with the Ascot Track Report, brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design. Whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Terry. Uh, yes, BJ. Uh, the rail, <laughs> rail for Sunday is... You like how I just got distracted then? No, that's okay. I'm used to it. Five uh, metres, 29 <laughs> degrees, very light, probably easterlies, but it's almost no wind, it looks like. So very still, very still. It's not sparkling water. It's still water. Um, at, at more so at the moment. It seems to be difficult to make a huge amount of ground away from the fence early in the day. Standard Ascot type of star, five metres, has played a bit on pace at times as well. So definitely um, allowing for a more on than off speed track. Very, It's just very What did you think of uh, the track last Saturday? Um, I can barely remember last Saturday. Uh, yes, it was, it was good. It was good. It was, it was good. good. Yeah. It was good, yeah. Yeah. He's doing a good job, Brock, I think. So. Oh, that's good. Um, Tremendous. Yeah, it's been a long season. Yes. Been a long now, season. Now, we're only moments away from the solar eclipse, Terry. Did you know that? I just got – that's why I got distracted. I was getting messages, sorry. Yeah. Should we go out and have a look? Hey, I don't think you're allowed to. It's bad for your eyes. Yeah. I can't see anyway. So <laughs> bad, It'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listeners, we might have to uh, take a quick break while this uh, once-in-30-year solar eclipse happens, so just hold on a sec. All right, we're uh, no longer distracted by the solar eclipse, so we can get really moving on our Sheila Gwynn Stakes Day preview. Race one is the Mrs. Max Handicap. Only seven runners here in this three-year-old 1,600-metre event, but five of the seven at least look like they're very, very promising horses indeed. Current market let is Rusty Dreams. We'll be going for four straight victories from as many starts, but uh, a couple of last start winners here for checks and catch these hands, and uh, of course, leniency is a very smart three-year-old in his own right, Terry. I can't do this race, BJ, because I can't see after staring directly at the sun. So you should have told me beforehand. Um, hang on. I'm going to get my screen put onto Braille mode and I should be okay. Uh, look, Rusty Dreams is a very good horse. Mm. That was a really nice win the other day, accelerating to the breeze after getting sort of stuck deep for the first few hundred, then putting him away with a, a degree of ease. Um, yeah, I, I think the step up and trip really should only suit with the way it won in, in that sense. But my concern for Rusty Dreams here is I've got it mapped three back the fence. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it could find itself in a bit of, bit of bother from there. So uh, definitely favourite, but it just might be under my price um, with that considered. In, in its wins to date, it sort of had the whole straight to wind up. And it looks like it, it, looks like it enjoys that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it might be a bit of a risk if – uh, there's sort of the double cross. Um, Catch these hands looks to be beginning really well. If it can find, because Rusty Dreams hasn't actually begun that well, that's mm. why it's had to take its time to get there. So if Catch these hands gets across, I reckon Sean will want to hand up, and then that'll be Mac Mac or one cool girl coming through from four or five to lead, which is how I get Rusty Dreams 
through the fence. And from there, it's a really interesting race at uh, $2.30, $2.40 yeah. from the limited markets we have at this point in time. So um, leaning into the big improve. I never looked happy the other day. Either once a spell and this will go crap again or uh, it'll be the one that the market um, overreacts to and, and we see $7, $8 about potentially. So from the from a price point of view, I'm going to have something on leniency. Okay. Yeah, it was coming off seven days last start, 1,000 to 1,400. So it was a bit of an ask rising to the 60 and a half. Um, Rusty Dreams, that was, a very, as you said, Terry, very impressive last start, the way that it, I was able to burn a bit of fuel early, sit outside the leader and really put them to the sword late. Um, Michael Lane and Chris Barnum and Connections have themselves a very, very smart horse there and Rusty Dream. I'm going to stick with Catch These Hands. Um, he just did what he needed to do to, to uh, wear down Mac Mac this track and distance last start. But he was coming off a bit of a busy schedule in the lead up prior to that. It was um, resumed at Albany on the 9th of March and it was a quick spin around in the 16th of March. And then he's had the three weeks between runs since that last start victory, Terry. And I think that will, down at Albany, a bit of freshness back in his legs. I, can, I reckon we're going to see a bit more zip from Catch These Hands. So I'm going to follow my money with him. And I I think if they run in lanes, I, I think that Rusty Dreams will win. But like, like you, Gate 1 could be a bit of a coffin for Rusty Dreams on Saturday. It has the potential to be anyway. So that being said, I think Catch These Hands, smart horse, uh, loves the mile, probably looking for even further. Next start, I think Catch These Hands is the way that I'm going to lean. I was looking to see if we had an undertaker button when you said coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon it could be hell in a cell for uh <laughs> For uh, Rusty Dreams through the fence. Every time I think one's going to get held up through the fence, they end up landing leaders back well, and could, never yeah. have any traffic if, issues and win by two. So. If it begins well, Chris might even just say, well, I'm just leading. So, um, oh, I think there'll be enough pressure yeah. on to lead. But, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting one. Again, it was, it was funny because I saw Tab Touch with $3 earlier and it isn't, it isn't, we can't call it Brad Bet this week. I think Brad's got the week off with um, – Brad's got the week off. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the three dollars is probably as good as I'd say Rusty will probably get. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, so that is race one done. Race two is the Tab Touch. Be better at life handicap. It's a plat- West Speed Platinum race over the twelve hundred meters. Um, yeah, pretty even like this one, Terry. Uh, but I was ta- really taken by the trial of first up, Prey Again from the Neville Parnham Yard. Do you remember it, Prey Again's last three preps? Yes. Every single time, the trial? Super. Every single time. Yeah. Every, we like, without fail. It's, um, but last time there were six weeks between trial and race. But the previous two times, there wasn't. I feel like he's just been, he's had, Last preparation, there was something quite bugging him that he that they couldn't quite get on top of, and yeah, my, he ran my, into, probably my money. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> he probably also didn't have a lot of luck um, on some of those occasions as well. Can I was thinking um, thinking Prey again might be able to zap them first up. Lucky landing, three deep, no cover the entire, and and uh, just went down at Pinjar last start. No dice was good. Hitting line uh, over the thousand meters first up. W Pike sticks from two fitter up to the twelve hundred meters and uh, Civvy Street, Desert Vixen, those type of horses are all race fit and in a little bit of form. Yeah, the horses, the new horses to the Platinums tend to have the edge over the ones that have had try after try after try and they're, I guess, Lucky Landing and Progren are, are those two. Progren, very hard horse to know where it's at. Maybe mm-hmm. the trial from last prep and the trial this prep 
are suggesting that it wants the 1200 meters or it wants a shorter journey and to be able to sprint home so trials can be a little bit misleading at times uh, we'll talk about auspicious shortly which is yep. probably uh, uh, a very um case in point yeah. Very much a case in point. Yeah. Exactly right. So, look, I, yeah, I'm i second favourite with Prey again, but Lucky Landing was an easy one for me. I, yeah. I thought it was just a horse last prep, um, battled away. But this prep, it's uh, I liked its trial behind Ogilloy. It's a long way behind it, but it was a really nice trial. And then first up, the win, I thought it was all set up for it to do what it did, and it probably was, but it was still a really nice win. Um Last time out, Luke wanted to settle a little bit closer with the pattern of the day. Ended up getting caught deep, giving Mojo Rhythm the card into the race um, and still uh, fought out the finish. Mm. It was a really good run. So I'd love to see Chris use the gate here. If if, if there's any type of restraint and letting horses have his spot, it, it probably won't win from seventh or eighth and it's going to give away the race. But this horse can land in the 1-1 and that's exactly where it should be. There's no real obvious speed in this. Mordor didn't begin that quick. Amber Highway takes a few strides to get going. Glasgow Girl, they may go back with, it'll be 50-50 what the plan is there. Well, you never really know with her, do you, whether she steps or not? No, so, exactly. Yeah. But there isn't that much. So I really, you, you almost want to jump on this and lead early with Lucky Landing or be in the first couple and yep. then let a couple of them come around you and just make it a fluent, happy horse. Do not come out looking for a horse or to do not give your spot to prey again directly on your outside or... Um, yeah, they're the, that's the main one. I yeah, think, I think that's you're right. So, he can win this race early. But he, he's got to win this race yeah. in the first 100 metres. I, I think that's the key. Very much like we saw Luke uh, Campbell do with Sesswa yesterday. Uh, he said, I'm coming out with a little bit of aggression. He landed on the back of Impressive Journey. Great effort from a 16-year-old to run second, by the way. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> You like that one? And... Um, yeah, from there, <laughs> from there, uh, I think lucky landing is, is just going super and uh, it's consistent. We know what to expect. But as you said, pray again is the one we, we don't know. We don't yeah. know what to expect. It, it could be the best. Don't horse, know. But, uh, lucky landing will, will get me and I've marked it favourite. I might lucky landing and pray again equal favourites. So okay. yeah. I'll be having something on um, just take a late price, I reckon. Amber Highway, if they can find the front with Amber Highway in a race without any speed and the two horses behind and outside of it are Mordor and um, – Glasgow Glasgow girl Amber Highway some of the runs uh, it put in last prep at one for Renee Forrest beating Dance Cocky who would be better in this market than it is it was deep the trip on a couple of occasions it just went super so maybe a little freshen up Mm. might see that spring in its step and able to lead and if it does lead um, there won't be much money for a Tommy Pike and Chrissy Nickel runner so you'll you'll see a price so um, I'll, I'll be having something small on to not lose Okay, yeah. As I said, prey again, lucky landing, equal favourites in my market. Uh, at the moment, I'll, I'll, I'm a bit of a sucker for prey again, but more than likely, I'll be backing both of those runners in race two. And as you mentioned about Luke Campbell's ride on Sessoir yesterday, he actually outrode his three kilo claim. However, because he was booked on these horses and at acceptance time was prior to him out to riding his 20th Metro winner, he'll be claiming three his full three kilos at Ascot this Saturday. Mm. Yes. Very good. So, also, I did hear a little bit of a whisper about Luke Campbell. Mm. Bit of mail going around that he might be heading for a three-month stint in Victoria. 
sooner rather than later. I don't know whether that's been reported or not, but yeah, mail is that he's uh, he might be heading to one of the biggest stables in the land in Melbourne to do a three month sort of stint over there and see whether he can find his feet. Good on him. So he should. He he's, should. Uh, yeah, he's getting better exponentially. Yeah, and you can only imagine what a uh, what a stint in uh, in in Melbourne can do for him over the over the winter months as okay. well. So yeah, the world is his oyster. Young man on the rise, Luke Campbell. Race three is the Amelia Park plate um 1100 meters for the two-year-old we got 14 plus one but the plus one ancient guidance uh, ran around at ascot yesterday doesn't mean for hilly it's not going around again <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say well you can put a line through it but actually you make a bit of sense there terry mm. yeah um, it's probably running tuesday as well <laughs> uh so yeah it's good to see a full what field. was the horse he got to win off 24 hours vj the maiden albany about a year ago Six months ago, sometime. Uh, yeah, tell me. Tempest Miss, I think. Yes, mm. yes. Very Came from good. last. Vicky Corver. You're right. Um, good to see a full field of two-year-olds um, over the 1,100 metres squaring off a week after the Karakata. So, obviously, uh, still a solid crop of juveniles still going around at the moment. There was 10 in the 1,400 metres at Ascot yesterday. So, it's good to see. Uh, Snow Prince had a very tough run in the Karakata last Saturday. Sur- surprised to see him on the quick backup, but... Short and Jake Casey know what they're doing. So, obviously, he came through the Karakata plate, that bit of a gut buster and good It's not fiddle. their style really either, is it? Yeah. They're usually very patient with their horses. You'll see them scratched off and if they're not 100%. So, yeah, you take that as an indication. He must have um, must have pulled up well. But, yeah, geez, you don't see him go have that sort of a run and then back up off seven days very often, do you? Very rare, yeah, especially with a horse that's got – obvious sort of upside and mm. um, plenty of prize money to be won but maybe they just looked at the calendar and there isn't something suitable for him so yeah. I thought they'd have a look um, more special has been racing well in the Supremacy and Jim Crack uh, listed races coming through those ones um, Home James of course is a, a nice horse blinkers have been added to that and then we've got some first starters here that look like they've got their share of ability especially number 11 Bondi Plunge uh, making its debut for Dan Morton Chris Parnham Gate four. So, um, how good is this one, BJ? You tell us. What's the word in the stable? Yeah, yeah. Think she's think she's very smart. Um, first trial was wide throughout with Chris Nichol on board and just did what did sort of just just sort of um, cruising out there four or five wide and got her nose in front on the line. But she's sort of a bit scrambly away. First up, uh, sorry, in that first trial. Second trial, she really jumped. Um, Chris was able to to lead on her and um, yeah, sort of just cruised uh, in the straight, ears pricked, uh, under little pressure from Chris for quite a smart 1,000-meter trial victory from four uh, with a clean getaway. I think that she probably let a couple come across her and maybe maybe land one-one-ish, something like that, with a bit of cover and, yeah, even leaders back potentially if if the if what was my map here. If the leader is a horse like more special, you could, that's going to take you into the straight. You'd probably follow that. But regardless, I think Bondi Plunge is a horse to beat. She's the one to beat? Yeah. She's been working with the good ones? Yeah, I think I think they like her and it's obvious you just got to watch her trials that she's uh, she's got some a level of talent there. Um, it's hard to tell with the trials sometimes because she not, nothing behind her has race, so yeah. you don't know what she's beaten and they've, they haven't run a super time. So that's why I was sort of more interested in um, your thoughts or what you know of the horse from home, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I think they'd expect her to win or, or – yeah. Get beat by a smart one. Yeah, so cool. never um, easy to win on on debut, but uh, it looks a really nice setup, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, 
I, like, I kind of like more special as a horse. Um, I think it's. I think they've. Don't forget of, the saddle slipped in the Supreme. Yeah, I think that's got plenty of talent. I like Home James as a horse, but it's drawn fifteen. Home uh, James got, is a million to one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it, it's a it's going to be a nice horse. And but yeah, I don't really know what to do with. I mean, we've got Pike on a first starter, Auto Spark, Dan Luciani, Blinkers on wide draw. I'm a wild girl. Looks like it's got some ability out of the trials, but it's drawn wide as well. Uh, Sanctions is a first starter, half sister to Jericho Missile from the. David Harrison yard. Its trials have been okay. It's going to get a nice run, but it just looks a really good setup from gate four for Chris on Bondo Plunge. Yeah, no, I agree. If it's uh, as good as a trial potentially suggested, it'll be very hard to beat. More special is sort of like the horse you know yeah. it's going to do. It's yeah. going to go forward. It'll lead. Um, give a kick. It will give a kick, yeah. and then it's going to have to run X race to to beat. I mean, under two lengths, live to tell. Last start, three point five with the saddle slipping. That's really good form for this. So, um, I was sort of hoping that Bondi Plunge was two twenty or something silly, yeah, and we right. got seven dollars each way more special. But that hasn't occurred. Looking at the earlyish markets, I was thinking with more special in the race that I would like four dollars Bondi Plunge to have a bet. So yeah, I was yeah. four twenty each, yeah. but I, I don't. I'm marking on guesswork with Bondi Plunge. You know, it's pretty. It's just it's hard to come at, but um, not hard to come at, but hard for me to know how good it is or not how good it is um that's good english um the big watch here is auspicious yes they will ride this forward they they will just they've just got it wrong i think a a few too many times now and it'll breeze outside or more more special special. if you got rid of more special i'd be backing auspicious and taking some spec bets on that no worries but it's a different kettle of fish being in the breeze to being on the fence but if you can repeat its trial performances going forward and being a quick horse ridden for speed Watch out. So fascinating watching that sense. And if Snow Prince can find a spot, it's arguably yeah. <laughs> the best horse that's that's raced in the race. So yeah, cracking stuff. Good good little race. One I won't get too involved in. Hoping for an overbet, but yeah, Bondi Plunge more special, clearly ahead of my market. Agree with you, hundred percent. Race four is our feature of the day. It's the Sheila Gwynn Classic, listed race for fillies and wares, set weights and penalties over the 1,400 metres. Sheila Gwynn, of course, trailblazer for women in racing in Western Australia. She bred the champion raconteur, stood raconteur at her stud, at Fairfield Stud, um, also stood Indian Conquest. So she stood two champion um, sort of line-shaping stallions in Western Australia. And Terry is also the great, great, is also the great grandmother of Daniel Cripps. Oh, I thought you were saying I was. Yeah, I thought it was just, okay, yes. <laughs> we had him on last year, didn't we? Yes. So mm. uh, This yeah. episode yes. from memory. So, uh, yeah, so she's uh, she was inducted into the West Australian Hall of Fame in 2014 with Sheila Gwynn, and this race is in her honour. Yeah, shouldn't be too pleased with the uh, nominations or acceptances, though. Mm. Only the six runners to do battle. Uh, no obvious lead, not a tougher race you really want to. Bet into, I think the main thing you got to ask yourself here is Gunmetal Grey likely ends up in the breeze outside Jag the Joker. Um, do you think it can hold off Angelic Miss? That's the question. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah, you ask yourself. Uh, I think probably more likely than not. So I think it deserves favoritism. Um, yeah, I know it had the back of Zushine last start, but Zushine didn't really take it into the race or do much for it. You'd think the step up to 1400 is probably more in Gunmetal Gray's favour as well, I think, but Marginally, that's yeah. debatable. So, yeah. Um, yeah, lean to Gunmetal Gray. Angelic Miss is definitely too short. Now favourite's been backed. Um, Jadavi is the most fascinating runner of the day, I reckon. Um, I'm su- I was surprised it was $10 last night. It's eight fifty now. I was a lot shorter, Jadavi. I don't think it's going to be the right race. They're going to walk here, obviously. Yep. They will absolutely dawdle, and that won't suit Jadavi. But gee whiz, like it was a nice trial. Didn't come up last prep all that well. But this is a back marker but being it's, ridden it's, by. It's first up run was good. 
It was okay. Yeah, it, was it came from enough. last. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. good enough to. Yeah, it was good enough. Don't forget, yeah. this isn't. This isn't a very deep race. Yeah, this is a listed race, but it's not. It's not a true listed race. Your third favourite's Vitalize, who would be going into a sixty plus if it wasn't going to this, say, or a, maybe a sixty six plus. plus. So, yeah. um, I mean, Stella Vista's yeah, an equal third favourite, and it, mm. it took the whole straight to get over Forever Dreaming. It was a good piece of riding from Holly Watson and it can it can win as well. So Jadavi's definitely at this level. The funny thing with Jadavi is I don't have it in front of me now, but it's it's last 15, 20 starts have been Bo, Vicky, um, Holly Watson, and no offense to them, but Pike on a sit and sprinter for them. Like Jadavi's the type of horse if if Ian Shields got her right, this is um what about her run in last year's yeah massive yeah exactly right her run in last year's was was super behind Amasinus um when she was again last so the issue for her is if they walk and sprint she will probably take so long to get warm that it might be too late but mm. I, I'm gonna definitely have something on at that price so I'm gonna back gum middle gray and um and Jadavi but just somewhat circumspect with the weird little map yeah I, I like the Elevation from Gun Middle Grey this preparation. She's raced in Good Mare's Company and then she raced against the older horses through a Pinjar Classic and a Bunbury Stakes and really lengthened stretch to get the win in the um, in the lead-up event to this um, two weeks ago. And, yeah, I had Gun Middle Grey favourite over Angelic Miss, so the market swinging towards Angelic Miss is... Allowing um, for a bit. No? Allowing for a bit. And, yeah, I'm also going to have something small on Jadavi. Pike on, uh, even though it beat... I don't know what those horses were in the trial that Jadavi beat. No, I beat nothing. But no, it just, nothing. It, it was just nice to see her moving well and happy and stretching out. So Pike on could be dangerous, fresh, 1,400. So Yeah, it's um, an easy easy bet for me. Yeah. Three parts, gun medal it. There's three bucks around now, three parts and one part Jadavi. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to get massive overs in a race with only six runners, but um, that's an easy bet. All right. Time to take a break, and it's Chris Parnham versus Mac Hall in this week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind. All right, BJ, it is now time for the Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind competition. That is correct, Terry. The Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street. Mundaring, if you do get a chance, drop in and see Ian Butchie O'Connor. He's the publican, runs the show up there at the Mundaring, does a tremendous job. Say good day. Let him know that you listen to the 1-1, of course. Feed, flutter, frothies, family atmosphere, all happening on Butchie's big deck. The home of Quillo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe another uh, maybe another uh, winning photo up on the wall very soon for uh, for Butchie. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> um, but two gentlemen who are no doubt very familiar with the Mundaring Hotel is our carryover champion, Chris Parnham, and today's challenger, Terry, Mac Hall. Let's bring our mastermind, our current mastermind, Chris Parnham, chasing three wins on the bounce. G'day, Chris. G'day, Terry. Uh, ben Day and Matt. Mate, how does it feel? You've you've got uh, you're the current mastermind. You've also won the Oaks recently. You've won the Karakata. You're flying. Yeah, no, it's been good to get a few winners and um, hopefully get another winner today. You must have hurt yourself riding Super Smith. It went that fast. Bit a bit of windburn. <laughs> I uh, I thought that was uh, geez, that was some type of performance. Did did it feel like um, she improved to you from her prior run as much as it looked? Like it looks like she was a different horse. What's that? Um, sorry, I reckon you could have won 
<laughs> I, I reckon I might have done as well, actually. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, Yeah, no, Danny actually offered me the ride first. I wasn't meant to tell you that, but, um, yeah, they actually offered me the ride. I couldn't make weight. It wasn't the picnics, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Chris, can you just take one step to the side? I think we've got a bit of a, uh, bit of a scrambled line. Can we try again? We don't want to. We don't want any controversy on today's uh, episode. No, jeez. <laughs> we don't want any reason for, for Chris to kick up here. You there, boy? Yeah, we yeah, yeah, that's yeah. better. We don't want any uh, hashtag per stewards going on on the. No, uh, <laughs> we don't want any. No. All right. No, we don't need that. No, we don't need that. Hey, Mac Hall. <laughs> Mac has uh, has been on the one one before, but this is his first opportunity to have a crack at the mastermind. Uh, very sharp mind indeed. Is Mac? Welcome back to the show, mate. Yeah, boys. Yeah, Pines. How are we? Very, very well. Very well. Any runners today, Matt? When's when's the next time the uh, the uh, the colours will be going around? Um, probably Narrage in next week, mate. I think Narrage in next week. All right, keep an eye out for Mac Hall at Narrage. I'm most excited about uh, if you happen to knock off Chris today. Next week we can um, put on that Mark Morrison song. You return know, on, return, return on the, return the Mac. The Mac. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All the uh, what's the uh, no? Hang on, who sings? Uh, who sings Thrift Shop? What Macklemore? Macklemore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, Jeez, there's plenty of options. Yeah, you got to get on a little run here, uh, Mac, because uh, we could have some fun with this. Yeah, <laughs> we have some walk-on song. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, what would your walk-on song be, Chris? You wouldn't be a Danny Green man, would you? We'd come from the land down under or something. What What would be your walk-on song, Chris? Uh, probably something of Johnny. Johnny Farnham, you reckon? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've yeah. asked him this before. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to get something ready for next week, Jen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm uh, still a bit worried about Chris's line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Is I'm, it no good? Oh, no, now it's, see, now no, it's now fine. It's yeah. And then it's uh, it's cutting out for yeah. a moment or two. So I we'll, reckon we'll, <laughs> if you don't know one, you could uh, you could have a uh, little excuse in your back pocket. All right, all right. Let's get moving. Um, all right, Mac, Chris, your names are your buzzers. And to be crowned this week's mastermind, you need to be the first contestant to answer three questions correctly. Here we go. Challenger, are you ready? Yep. Good enthusiasm, BJ. Mastermind, are you ready? I'm ready. Nice and clear. Three, two, one. All right. Who am I? I would best be described as a very one-paced, honest stayer. Very much in the mould of a horse like Kirov Boy, perhaps just with a bit less ability. I only won a tick over $250,000 in my, uh, in career prize money, but it was an entertaining 82 starts and eight wins to get me there. I debuted in 2013, breaking my maiden status in Esperance in 2014 with Jerry Noski and Maddie Derrick, the only hoops to win aboard me on multiple occasions. Quite incredibly, I won a race in seven different racing seasons, usually at a price. Mar- Maddie Derrick was a... Who is that, Mac? Well, this is a real guess. Um, is, would it be unbreakable? No, it's not. That is a good <laughs> guess, though. Tell you what, I love left to field ones too. I always want to give it to him. All right, Chris, you've got to you've got to get it from here. Matty Derrick was aboard me for my biggest career victory, the Jericho Cup qualifier in Albany in 2021. A thrilling three horse finish. Yeah, I, I've got it. I've got it. Can I finish? Yeah, I can uh, finish it now if you like. No, sacks on, sacks off. 
It is. Saxon, Saxon. My name rhymes with a famous line from the 1984 extravaganza, The Karate Kid. <laughs> Saxon, sax off on Jericho Cup qualifier weekend, BJ. Very good. What a victory. Now, the reason I asked that as well, sorry, we'll get back to the quiz in one moment. Matty Derrick claimed that day, I see that they've named Braden Gayeth on come right back. Mm. Wasn't there some controversy about being able to claim in a $100,000 race? Correct, correct. Is so does that mean Gayeth won't be claiming with the I, 62 and a half? I haven't seen the acceptances. We'll okay. Have to check. But he has, he has accepted anyway. So. Yes. Anyway, interesting stuff. All right, so Chris is one, Mac is yet to score. Okay, Brad, so trainer Brad Graham has made a habit of picking up tried horses. Name the previous trainers of the following three runners. We need all three for this one. Glasgow Girl, Bo Count, and So Schmick. Lindy Smith. Hang on. Hang on. Who, who jumped in? That was Mac first. Mac first. Half cut out. Yeah, okay. Mac, you go. You, there were all three different trainers for the three horses. Yeah, Lindy Smith was one. Yep. Um, well, um, Read the names again. Glasgow Girl, yeah, Bo Count, and Sue Schmick. Um, Lindy Smith. Yep. Steve Wolf. And Ryan Hill. Oh, no. <laughs> so close. <laughs> it was the Rhona. <laughs> Or one of the riders. Uh, Chris. For the steal. Uh, Frank Kersley. And what are the other two? Uh, Steve Wolf. And what was the other horse? Glasgow Girl. Oh, Lindy Smith. Cool. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Jeez, that's stiff, Matt. Because Ryan Hill used to ride Bo Camp. Yeah, he certainly it was did. Sasha Ryan and Randy Tan from memory <laughs> were the major riders. Sasha uh, Starling, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's stiff. Yes, that's very stiff. I almost want to give him half a three. Yeah, I know. All right, Chris two, Matt, yet to score. That's cheap, Chris. Next question. What is <laughs> the what is the name of the premier Carnarvon sprint race that Mordor has won in 2021 and 2022? Chris. Chris. Uh, is it like uh, Miralia or something? No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to accept that. No, I'm not going to accept that. There's no <laughs> R in it. Mac, do you want to have a crack? Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I don't actually know this one. Okay, if you don't know, you're not going to get it. It's the Manilia. It's the Manilia. <laughs> M-I-N-I-L-Y-A, BJ? Correct. There you go. Correct. What did I say? The Maril. Marinia. I don't know. If you weren't 2-0 up, there's a, ch- <laughs> a chance we might have given it to you. So. <laughs> All right, 2-0 still. Next question. What horse finished last in the quokka? Mac. Mac. Western Knight. Oh, Western Knight. I don't know if that's right, actually, because I don't think Western Knight's actually finished yet. So BJ <laughs> said finished last. So I, it might actually be Massimo because at least that crossed the line. Ah, very quick yeah. on the mark, Mac. Two, one. All right. Next question. Do we do the beat the bro question? Oh, dear. Here you go. This is, this is courtesy of Terry Gent. Gent so um, good luck. Beat the bro. Very uh, high profile horse. Mm. <laughs> WA steps up to a staying trip for the first time this Saturday. What is the longest journey Beat the Bro has ever won over? What sort of question is that? (laughs) (laughs) Three. Chris. 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 1,400. Mac, you got three seconds. Uh, Look, a mile. 
<laughs> Split the middle, lads. 1,500. <laughs> what a question, mate. I only ask that because it steps up to the staying trip after. I think it's had about 10 goes at the mile unsuccessfully. So I think Sharon Miller also mentioned that she hasn't had enough run on the uh, on the mastermind, so we needed to come up with a Sharon Miller question. Exactly <laughs> right. There you go. There All right, 2-1 two, two, to Chris. Here we go. Okay, name the jockey that won both the Dongra Cup and Albany Cups over the recent Easter weekend. Matt, Pash Faithful. Oh, bang. 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 2-0. I'm on the road. 2-0. 2 all rather. 2 all. 2 all. Big comeback here. Okay. In any order, this is in any order, who are currently running first, second, and third on the WA Metro Trainers Premiership? Chris. Chris. Uh, Simon Miller, Adam Durant, Neville Parham. Close, but incorrect. Mac for the steal. Simon Miller, Daniel Morton, Neville Parnham. Oh, he's done it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dearie me. Get updated. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has got it in front of him. That's the problem. I think there's a, a protest already being fired in here. I looked at that the other day. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, I think this is uh, after Saturday and yesterday. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Adam Durant is currently fourth on the Metropolitan Trainers Premiership. So. Jeez, that's stiff. But I reckon Mac was stiff uh, earlier, early, in the, uh, early. earlier in the comp as well. What a great head to <laughs> battle, though. I tell you what, two evenly matched competitors. That yeah. was, uh, and Mac, Mac is uh, is now uh, is now working for Neville Parnham as well. So very good. This is uh, this is good stuff, Chris. You're an absolute legend. Thanks, we all <laughs> we always uh, we always appreciate you giving up your time to to join us here on the one one. But there's a new sheriff in town, Terry, and his name is Mac Hall. Cue the cue the um, return of the, the Mac. Mac. <laughs> Mac, how's it feel, mate? You've done it. Oh, yeah. I thought I was no chance early, two down, um, to come back it was pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we want to hear. That's exactly That's what all we, we want to hear. Uh, awesome. Thanks again, Mac. We'll have to. Uh, I know you're heading to Narrage and when's that? Next Thursday. But um, Thursday. You, you better block out some time because you're going to be uh, on next uh, next week because you're going to be defending your title as a WA Racing Mastermind. Thanks again, Mac, and uh, well done again, Chris. Um, tremendous autumn carnival for you, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll always enjoy speaking to you here on the one one. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. We got an upset. We do have an upset, dearie me. We got an upset. It was a good comeback too, really, because um, question one, he's got an unbreakable. <laughs> I'm not throwing in an unbreakable. That's good stuff, though. And then, uh, yeah, he's gone two of the three. Yeah. And then- did, um, I think the beat the bro question just, just rattled. Yeah, rattled it Chris. It did. Who's Understandably, like, that's what like, I was going for. We like to throw a few uh, curveballs in there. Yeah. So, Well, you don't get to the top. Of Mount Rushmore without overcoming a few hurdles. Exactly here, right. So. What was Chris going for today? Three or four? Three. Three. Yeah. Mm. I tell you what, Max. He's yeah, pretty he switched certainly on. Is. He's very switched on, young he man. So is. he's a uh, good battle though. That was a good battle. Titanic. I reckon that'll be a mastermind battle, which you see for years to come. It reminds <laughs> me of sort of Carey Jakovic. I reckon that'll be so <laughs> young exactly. Carey and a young uh, a young Glenn Jakovic. So. Oh yes, and listeners, if you want to have a go at Mac Hall and the mastermind. Um, Opportunities there. Just put your hand up. Send us a message. Uh, fire away a, um, a tweet. You know how to get hold of us. We're always looking for uh, for talented masterminds or pers- 
potential masterminds here at one one. But uh, for now, we've got a $100 gift voucher in the mail to Mac Hall to head up to enjoy some delicious food and some frothies up there with Ian Butchie O'Connor at the Mundaring Hotel. Race five is the Vale Selly Oaks Handicap, over 1,000 metre graduation. And of course, uh, they've added the Selly Oaks uh, celebration race on the same day as the Sheila Gwynn Classic. Sally Oaks, of course, being Sheila Gwynn's daughter, and Sally is oh. Daniel Cripps' grandmother. So it's a big day for the Cripps family out there at Ascot on Saturday. There you go. Yeah. Um, I really liked the trials of Harmika, even though she was uh, didn't quite come up last preparation. I thought that the trials suggested that she was just about the Adam Durant had her just about back on track for her first up tilt in uh, this 1,000-metre graduation on Saturday. Sky Duke is a um, nice enough sprinting type from the Parnham Yard, but the bar plates do go on the front. Mantelli, Signorita Dorotea are the sort of the horses that have race fitness and form on their side, Terry. Uh, yeah, Harmika's trials were obviously really aesthetically pleasing. My concern here is they just – a, she's coming off a poor prep, but B, um, which, again, seeing the trials isn't as concerning. Um, but my major concern is I seem so happy to let her flop out. And yeah. If they do that here with all this speed coming across, Hibiscus, Mantelli, Sky Duke. Lady, Lady, uh, Lady, Land of Land Valens. of Valens looks yeah. like it leads over each. Protected action is probably the quickest of them all. Um, all that profit, speed comes across and you're, you're three or four back the fence over 1,000 metres. So Harmika's best runs have been uh, taking another one sonate in front, bang, kick clear, and another occasion was got going on the bend. So, look, Harmika definitely could be the best horse by panels in this race, um, just from a speed map and, and the fact it didn't come up last prep. And it's just a worry for me, that's all. I, I, I didn't really do this race with any confidence. Signorita Dorotea fell in over Simple Logic, and I think Simple Logic's a battler. Um, Sky Duke's got the bars on, and now I have to redo the race because Sky Duke's got the bars off. I've just seen the notification. Oh, wow. Okay. So there should have been a change of pace. I, I'm pretty confident when I sit down and do the race, I'll, I'll mark Sky, Sky Duke, a clear favourite. Yeah. But it was a hard-held trial as well. If you're looking for impressive trials, have a look at Sky Duke's trial. Um, but my concern with Sky Duke, again, I'm going to have to do the race in more depth. It was just a race that was sticky to me, and I, I knew how the market would shape out. You'd have those four at the top and then everything else a million to one, which is fair enough too. Um, I didn't know which of the four I really – they all had knocks on them. Um but Sky Duke's best form has been leading or breezing. And with all those names I just mentioned, I think Brad Parner will be happy to hand up and park on them. So can it reproduce as good a run from the 1-1 as opposed to leading or the breeze, potentially a better run? So I guess we'll find out. But it's got form around Revit up. Goddess of giving. That's the that's the form you'd suspect um, for a race of this nature. But, yeah. So probably going to go with Sky Duke, but I need to do this race in more depth now that there's been a – Twitter uh, announcement from the races, WA. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sky Duke bar plates, front, they are off. Mm. Bold As Profit coming to town looking for three in a row. Yeah. Bless its little heart. Bless its little heart. Bold no, profit. no, Osti Galati though. No, it's gonna, that's what I was going to say. You don't often see uh, Apprentice to Pike and go, well, that's a neg three minutes, but <laughs> – Aussie Gallardi and this horse, I tell you what, they're getting on like like a house on fire. I, so I know this. Uh, I know Tommy Pike would have purchased Land of Valens for a Northwest type, but um, they I think they paid twenty two thousand for it on a recent online auction. But its best Sydney form when trained by Gerald Ryan was really strong, for, especially coming to a race like this. See, Jaranowski's gone up, gone on board for this 
fresh run. Ridden for speed, maybe lands outside leader, rolling along. Don't be surprised to see Land of Valens give a kick because it's 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 good. Sydney form is good enough to win a race like this. So very good. But, um, keep an eye on that horse. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. Obviously, Tommy likes to take a team north, Headland, and then um, elsewhere. So he's probably earmarked this as one of those um, type of horses. But yeah, going through its form last night, I could see it running a cheeky race, ridden for speed. But for me, I was flip flopping between Sky Duke and Harmika. And now that the bars are off Sky Duke, that would be my uh, main focus for this particular race. Yeah, good trial, wasn't it? It was a real good Very trial. Very hard-held trial. So we didn't discuss in the last, actually, with Vitalize. was, was such a good, good trial. Good trial. Yeah. But you have to just take into account watching – and I think Vitalize is one that can – it's not my bet here. I can never back it like this, but I reckon it's one that can actually go to another level this prep. Wouldn't surprise me if it runs a really big race um, on Saturday. But Vitalize's trial was probably made look a little bit better because Brad Parnham was ripping um, Sky Duke back so much. And the other two that – Fought out that finish. I can't remember their names, but they yeah, were one absolute, of them was the Chief Justice. I they think, were yeah. they were battlers. So um, yeah, probably made it just look a little bit better yeah. than us. And we still have this as last start as well. I just wanted to pick up something. Does this upset you as much as this upsets me? <laughs> upsets me. Do you know what I'm going to talk about here? Uh, whipping them on the bend. Whipping them when you when you held up. Yeah. What do you like for me? And again, this is only my personal way of looking at this. I've never really discussed this with anyone that probably knows far more than I do, but. Paddy Carberry stuck behind a horse with Stella Vista last start and he gives it a big a big whack. So the, the idea of using the whip for me is an impact to say, all right, accelerate, off we go. You know, every horse has probably got a different – responds in a different way. But to me, that is just such a negative way of using the whip because the horse goes, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You're, you're giving me a, a whack. You're giving me a reminder um, to accelerate, but you, I'm literally behind horses. It's – I, I just think it's it's one of the – I think it would fuck with a horse's psyche. That's my personal opinion. I've got no idea, obviously, with that side of things. Um, but I just don't um, – yeah, I don't uh, – I was very confused by that. Yes. All right. Also, have a look at the photo of Amelia's jewel last week. He's mid-whip action on the line. Mm. You don't like that? I – well, you know the line. He's got the head down. <laughs> Pikey, Chrissy Parnham. <laughs> Wins a, wins a race. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not trying to have a bash. I just noticed that the other day. And then I noticed one. Go back and watch the replay of my boy Eddie yeah. from – it was in a staying race won by Soviet spy uh, at Pinjara. This is um, again. He's hit it three times after the line. Right. Just – I don't, I don't mind it. Everyone's got their own style of riding, but his style might be, I'm just going to ride you as hard as I can and consistently through the line, and that, that might work as well. So it's just fascinating, just just different things you pick up on. You obviously see Pike and Chris Parnham jump down on the neck and push the head down, and and it probably wins Pike in other five races a season, you know? Um, Maybe. But, yeah, if watching that photo of, um, yeah, just the photo finish of uh, who won the race? Overpass. Overpass, Millie's Jewel, and, yeah. He's um, the whip is literally it couldn't be any more perpendicular. Mm. So, how's that? Yeah, interesting. I mean, we'd have to ask them. They would have to ask Paddy himself. The, yeah, well, it's his style. I think ride him through the line. Don't change your. Um, don't change other. Yeah, it could be a negative if he goes to. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a fascinating aspect to look at. Yeah, um, yeah. He's been around a long time, Paddy. So I'm sure he's. Uh, and he's sure he's got his reasons. So now moving on, race six is the Crown Perth handicap rating seventy-two plus over the sixteen hundred meters. Um, yeah, another uh, smallish top field. We've got nine here, and um, Chevelle de Vargas coming out of is coming back in grade after racing in listed company recently. Ginger Green in form for an in form um, stable and hoop. 
in Sean McGrady, who's riding Ginger Green, um, opposed to Stable Man, Export Man, last up winner, but I imagine that's more of a weight factor than anything. And I'm not sure about you, did you have something on K-May the other day? Because I certainly did. It wasn't too bad a run running on it was to fourth. So. Pistol made it one of his better bets for the day, and yeah. I'll tell you what, Pistol picked the eyes out of that. He would have been disappointed to see the quite a ride, but yeah. um, he was bang on that she's come back and she was ready to run a race. So. Yeah. That's one of those bets. I, I hope somebody paid Pistol something for mm. that because he deserved he deserved something. Yeah. So he got yeah. sixty seventy dollars bet fair as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So um, yeah, competitive lineup here: Chevelle de Varga, obviously the uh, the speed here with um, Luke Campbell going on board. So gets in really well back in this grade with only the fifty five point five. Yeah, it certainly does. I, I don't know how well. It's funny this race. I. I looked at it and I thought, all right, the mile. Who does the mile suit? I reckon Ginger Green's best at 12, 14. I reckon No Change is best at 14. I reckon Chevelle is best at 14. I don't think it really runs a super strong mile. So it was really funny. I think they're the major players, but I don't think the mile is necessarily any of their best trips, um, which sort of adds an extra bit of intrigue to the race. K-May on its last run, you're thinking, well, from a good draw stalking the speed, it's probably going to pick itself. But putting on an apprentice that can't claim, yeah. I, I just – I found that fascinating. I found that a very um, unique decision, um, BJ. I agree. Very unique decision. There's so. no, you don't, you don't. There's no advantage. No, there's no advantage. Even I mean, no change. Brandon can only use half of his claim, but he's ridden at both trials and first and second up. There's real yep. good continuity there. Yep. So I sort of, I sort of get that. And he's still getting a little bit of his claim. He's just missing out on a kilo and a half. But um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, I reckon if you watch the Chevelle replay, they went forward last start, but I think they were desperate to lead. Holly was looking around. Like, are you going to let me in? Am I, if I can get a spot, I'll take one here. Like I'm not, I don't know. Do you know how you go through a run of form where you don't win for a period of time or perhaps don't show your best form, even though it's been going super in, in probably harder races than this, and you just look to mix things up? So it wouldn't surprise me, I don't know, I'm in two minds, whether Luke comes across and they've put his three kilos on to do the same thing again, or he comes across a bit more circumspect and sort of just parks on no change or allows no change to lead. So interesting watch. Um, but look, either way, for me, it's... It's all pointing towards no change here. Um, really? It's, oh, it's been a revelation, this campaign. It kicked clear with Cobb & Co, who came out and won super. Like, Cobb & Co won really, really well. And then it's pushed Magnificent Andy all the way to the line. Um, worried about not using the entire claim, but only used a kilo last start and worried about the mile to a degree. But, um, yeah, it's, it's the only one I can really – come out i mm. think I, I refuse to back Kame for a non-claiming apprentice for that reason so Prince, I'm stubborn prick. Yeah. ginger green is going super appreciates a stronger tempo i'm just worried about the gate you threw ginger green in at barrier three and four and it's probably the bet every yeah. day of the week but from nine what type of head starts are going to be giving a couple of horses out in front on on a day i think will suit those closer to the speed and and then you got well i mean the rest of them i, I if, can't have if chevelle leads it's going to be leading at speed if it sits outside no change and they'll ramp up from like the 600 onwards so how, how does that how does that shape for a horse like ginger green if they snag and go back seems well, like that's all he has to do is snag, and he just has to hope that it doesn't work out for those. I mean, I can see Export Man is shorter than Ginger Green in the market. I think that's very wrong. Yeah. Um, Sean's not riding 54, is he? That's correct. Yeah, okay. But I think he would have gone – my guess is he would have gone Ginger Green anyway. I think so, yes. I think so, okay. Um, Export Man won and it won by several lengths, but 
that was a five horse race with Soschmick, Mount Nash at the end of its prep, and Mahalio's run second with the bar shoes on. Yeah. So I reckon that's a proper Christmas. Birthday. That's a proper Christmas present for yeah. uh, export man there. So yeah, just this market looks to have too many horses heavy in it yep. that I don't think deserve to be there, namely those two, Export Man and Mahalio. So I'm hoping that's not the good form reference to follow because I've cooked it if so. Mm. So, yeah, no change for me. They'll let Chevelle go, pop out to the breeze, follow it, or um, Chevelle has a different mindset about going that hard and um, and Brandon can control and kick. But no changes looks a different horse, is Brett. It does. It does, yeah. That magnificent. You called it first up too at 20 yeah. to 1. That, that – um, uh, yeah, that first that effort behind Magnificent Andy was excellent. That horse is flying as well. So um, loving Brandon at the moment is no change. So which is which is good. I um, no change jockey. I found this race really tricky. Actually, it was more what they're going to do with Chevelle de Valga, which was the which was the interesting point. I feel like they just need to go back and look at his replays on what what he does well, and um, and also he's just been he's just been racing against some really good horses. So whether he gets beat or not, it's not necessarily tactics it's just the level that he's at and sometimes you just got to wait your turn when you're at that level and um that you know the planets will align for you one day and then you'll probably take five or six runs before they do again so um if it was my horse i'd be leading but um wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a flashing first up run from try for us i thought the durant camp are just starting to um hit a bit of hit a bit of form liked uh, the first up run of um one last Saturday in uh, who sort of got held up for a run in the Classic Rogue race. What horse was that? Was that Blackwater Bay? I think it was. Yes. And there four, was another one that day as well. Yeah, four winners at Geraldton last Sunday. So don't be surprised should've to been, see the- uh, Should have been five. five. <laughs> <laughs> should have been five wood. <laughs> so don't be surprised to see Adam go on a bit of run um, over the next uh, weeks and months. So I I'm think Try For Us might be a bit maddy territory later on the show for me. But I thought this was a funny odd race and anything can happen. So no real firm uh, viewpoint from me. Witten's Irrigation and Design. They're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Whitten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Whitten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Whitten's. All right, race Oh, we're up to race seven already. Is the Glenroy what? Sorry? Oh, chef handicap. 2,200 metres. This race was advertised as 66 plus, but uh, had to be scaled. So um, with no top weight available. So the race is actually a 61 plus with a 55 minimum. And that means that Gobella has had to, so I guess on a normal scale, Gobella's going to get, what's she going to get? Five. So that's uh, two and a half. She's going to get 56 and a half under a normal scale in this grade. And unfortunately, she gets just to rise to 60. As a result, um, Steph Bakranich has gone for, has reached for the Luke Campbell 3kg claim on the seven-day spin around. Terry, any love for Gobella? I guess one horse I'm not backing in this. <laughs> Gobella? <laughs> Eat the bro. Be, be, I'll, be the I'll bro. definitely go Bella as yeah. well. Definitely not backing Gobella. Yeah. Um, yeah, old mate beat the bro, 10 bucks. It's just, just straight away. I look at things like that and I go, oh, I want to bet in this market. 
if you're uh, if you're going to lob up ten dollars beat the bro, this ain't a uh, ain't a strong race. So look, I'm always happy to take on. As you know, I, I carry on about it. Always happy to take on her horse's first go at a staying trip. Yep, and that's Go Bella. So if it comes out and beats me, especially as favourite, that's. That's a luxury for me because it's a horse I'm not going to be on. And if it goes up that short, that's 25% of the market. It's chewing up. So um, good on it. If it wins first goal at a staying trip, um, you definitely now's a good time to have a stay around that rating because some of these, we saw gold fries win midweek and then come out and miss in a Jerry Cup. Mm. You beauty. Uh, by a very small margin. Well, said, so, said no one ever won the Albany Cup. Said no one ever won the Albany Exactly right. Who won the Narragin Cup? That Overthought. Overthought. So, Overthought. yeah, and, they, and she's the sort of mare that goes around in these races sort of exactly right. week in, week out. So it's all there for a horse who um, strikes a purple patch. Exactly right. Yeah. So if, if they can stay with Gobella, which I hope they don't this time because I won't be on. Yeah. Um, yeah, good luck to him. I'm a bit surprised All Man isn't down for the Jericho Cup qualifier. Generally, mm. one horse is over the minimum, and if Come Right Back didn't go, I think the race would have been re-handicapped to a 55-plus, yeah, 100K race with a horse like Artie's Comet as favourite. Mm. I've never – I have done a market or anything, but that's wild, isn't it? Yeah. I think a few have missed a trick not going down for that, haven't they? I agree. The, the, I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't think they should have had a 2,200-metre race on the day prior to yeah. the Jericho. Well, Yeah. Fear the wind was non that I'm sure they've gone, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But in saying that, they've also probably gone well. Um, the horse was 16 to 20. Yeah, it just might be a bit soon for fear the wind. So I think they've made the right decision. So anyway. Was there a lead up race to the Jericho? I feel like everything is just a big leap to the well, 31. Last year, I remember or the there was year a 20, before, there was a 2400, which Fryer away won, and then yep. it went down there as near favourite mm -hmm. for the race. I don't remember that 2400 metre race. Unless no. that was that one. Gold Friars one? No, no that's 22. That has been a 24. Yeah. I think they have. They're asking been, everything to step up 900 minimum. Yeah, you got to build towards a race like yeah. that. Yeah, that's been a pathway. Yeah. That's a, that is, as far as features go this weekend, the Sheila and the Jericho Cup qualifiers are uh, diabolical. Very, very thin. Anyway, um, it's a crack. So many winning chances here. Um, walk walk me through it, mate, because I'm clueless in this race. So I really like this as, as a race, but I don't. I don't don't know if I'll win or not. I'm going to be with Fear the Wind. I think Pikey got it wrong um, last time out. He, in a race with a heap of speed, he kicked it up early and gave it a nudge early, and it begun really well, and that was its problem. So in a race where they have gone mad, Accelerate and Devonia have gone at each other the entirety. Devonia was super to only be beating mm. 10 lengths, all things considered. Like Django Dream couldn't get near the speed. Um, float out boat couldn't get near the speed like it was it was just a wild tempo and there's Pikey sitting in third behind him got a big hip and shoulder on the turn still ran well to run third like still I thought that was a good run considering what it had used and the fact I don't think that's its strength so I'm expecting they snagged to dead last year and, and there are so many I think there's a, a thought in WA racing at the moment that in staying races you have to be in front on the turn otherwise you can't win like there just seems to be 10 horses making moves and the horse that didn't make a move in that race was Dutchies Demerit and Holly Watson and that won the race. Mm -hmm. The horse that didn't make a move in that stupid race with Chuckaluck going and Cruzy Roy going and was Gold Friars. Yeah. And the second last horse to make a move was Friar away. Mm -hmm. It's just the last – whoever's just the most patient wins these races. The theory that, oh, it's, it's a one batter, I've got to get going early. Your horse can't one bat for 1,600 metres. It's not cure-off, boy. Mm. Like – it's just, mate, there's a wild theory in WA racing at the moment about stayers and how to best ride them mm. because it's madness. So 
Pikey just needs to sit last, let all this shit unfold and um, have the final crack at him. And I think, I think, he, think he wrote Soviet spy like that a couple of times where he, he just sort of waited for yep. everyone to make their moves, make their blues, yep. and then cash in late. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Paul Harvey did it with gold fries um, yep. two starts ago. So, um, yeah, in, in saying that, how was come right back to win when horses are going around and it's going to run a long last? And, uh, <laughs> what was the horse of Malia's that gave it Windburn? Double digit. It was deep the trip. Petter just said, see you later, Pikey. I think I saw her give him the bird on the way past too. Yeah, so. see you back in the showers, Pikey. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And anyway, yeah. come right back to that type of horse. So it's winds have been all under Pikey or Peter Hall. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It needs revving up. Like it needs a proper hands and heels jockey to get going. So anyway, so I think Django Dream will lead this. And from there, it's only led twice. I'm going to give you heaps of horses you could back here. Um, I'm... It's all late price pending for me probably. But Django Dream has only led twice for summer. One of those, it won. The other one around second to Soviet Spy. And that was at the start of its run. So that's when Soviet Spy had less weight. Yeah, that was uh, Magic Meals we day. Yep. You and I were there that day. So that was a really nice run. Devonya goes best for Lucy Warwick. And she's been on twice in a 60 and a 66 plus for a win and a third. Um, forget it went round. It was a far better run than it looks last start. And its first up run was good. Mm-hmm. So if it long as it hasn't flattened it, they want to be off the fence, but I also think there's a ten days is a slight concern. But yeah, yeah, I think there's also a a world in which they can just follow Django Dream, hope it kicks, and that's how you win the race. You get off, and it'll go along and definitely go along at a good tempo. Um, working down up, Cruzy Roy was a really nice run going mid race. It's a proper stayer. Just a little three-year-old. It's always a worry when the three-year-olds take on the older horses over a trip. But the Friar away gold fries form from that race looks really good. And I'm $6.30, Cruzy Roy, so $7, $8 around. That'll be a saver for me. I'd suggest um, beat the bro, won't stay. Big swoop, wrong setup. Dutchies to merit. I think it all went right, so I'll take it on. Arnie's boy is a horse that the senior going on is anything. I'm just not sure if it stays. Mm-hmm. So I probably can't come at it. Brave contenders in career best. I just don't think it's up to this level. Go Bella, I'm going to take on first go of the trip. And then All Man will win a race mm. soon, but just when it does. So it's one of those ones. If it gets to a silly price, you save on it something wild. But um, I think Patience can win this race, and I'm pretty keen on making Fear the Winter results. And looking at that Cruzy Roy price, that's a, an easy save price for me. I think they'll be more circumspect on Cruzy Roy this time as well. Okay. Patience Very. will win this race. Very good. Race eight is the Morley Growers Market Handicap. This is a 1,600-metre graduation and uh yeah it looks like a really really nice race for the ganjimi bros horse here the three-year-old king's sicario Give you the 41 dollars they put up on 365 <laughs> <laughs> i think they just got the um their horses numbers wrong the 10 11 or something like that secret, secret pearl yeah, or jolly I think, lace yeah i think any bets that went on would have got uh, quickly cancelled yeah i mean uh, my Fury had Admirer's last start and was touch disappointing in the race won by Cobb and Co. Weird and old it's, run. Yeah, it was a weird old run. It was, so it's floating between $4 and four twenty at the moment. Tenacious Reward draws a gate. Scratch last Saturday for this. That was a good move because um, it drew wide and was in, had a bit of a sticky map, but maybe Holly can use gate one. Why was it scratched? Um, that was a perfect race last week. You reckon? There was nothing in the stewards' report. They've just forgot. They always just forget to put them in. You didn't put future number no, or anything like that? No, okay. There's nothing there at all. Uh, Arcadia Stars coming out of a class one victory, I think, at uh, Pinjarra the other day. But um, King Sicario is Rusty Dreams, Leniency, um, that type of four, three odd form. So this looks like really a good option. Brad Parnham in the saddle, gate four. Yeah, it's hard to tip against it. This is a really bad race. 
Oh, this is a shocker, PJ. Like I, I was surprised. I got King Sakari to about two seventy or mm. something, and um, I don't think it has to be as far back either. When I watched how it began, all of its starts, and some of those were from wide gates. First yeah. prep were good gates, but it sort of got squeezed. Um, so I think again, don't just allow yourself to be behind some pretty slow ones here. Um, give it a little kick. Uh, the fact you've got horses like Irritable Rodney who can't step, Secret Pearl, the Red Sea. Uh, 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 there was one other who will just go back. So it's, it's more like a seven or eight horse, seven again. Yeah. It's more like a seven or eight horse field. So as long as it can land with five behind it, get some clear air. The one way it gets beaten, and I don't know if this will be the tactics, but the one way it gets beaten is my fury should be trying to lead races. I think that's the best way to – might be the best way to ride this horses. It's only breezed twice in its career. There were two dominant wins. And I think with no real other speed here, this is a great opportunity to lead and, and see how you go from the top. So that's I was, what I'd be doing if okay. I was – well, I was kind of thinking like a Jolly Lace or Never Sober might come across from there. They kind of have to, don't they? From, yep, yeah. but uh, both of them will prefer cover. And I know Ash Murray with Never Sober often says the horse needs cover, needs cover, needs cover. Right, so what if about, you've got intent on My Fury, you yeah. will find the own. What about a horse like Great Fortune? Is Great Fortune a leader? Or I see that they're trying to mix and match tactics with this horse to varying success. It's not quick. So yeah. it's, it comes down to what else is in the race. I think they're happy leading, but they often can't because the horse doesn't have um, the time but I think they'd prefer I think they'll end up sitting I think yep. the, the ones from out wide have more early speed and will naturally end up a, across a jockey like Lucy who's um, pretty patient okay yeah I just thought that this was slam dunk for King Sicario it's hard really. to it's hard to as I said the one way it gets beaten yeah and I'm that's that's my only concern is like if they have some uh, if they're proactive with my fury and say Luke find the rail and lead mm. run them along definitely um, that's how it gets beaten. Do you know the other way it gets beaten? Held up the entirety? Uh, no, if it's- Race uh, Tuesday. If they scratch and race on Tuesday. They wouldn't do that. King's, King Sicario is um, in, an acceptor in race five on Anzac Day Ascot. What's it Brad worth? Parnham has been named from gate three. It's a 1,400 meter race. Uh, it's worth 27 and a half. What's this worth, 60? Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be silly. Yeah, so that's one way it could- doesn't win so yeah, that is, that is well right. it's funny as well just say it does come out here yeah my, my maths quickly tell me my fury will come into 280 290 yeah there's no way in the world i'm taking 280 290 <laughs> my fury um even though i've got nothing else in my market so bombay style if this was aussie galati riding it that would be an easy bet Did you, um, it? Did you know how big it was at geraldton last start it's a horse that's come to town one in the last couple of years so. you should have run julia martin and just demanded Aussie, I don't Aussie. think he's allowed to yet. You have to ride X Men or Women. That's why right. Gaius, I don't think, is riding right. City. I think you need to get some pass or whatever. But this is just a thin, thin, thin race. It's very bad. So um, Irritable Rodney as well, Chris Shane Warren's horse. Um, oh, yeah, Chris Shane, yeah. Irritable Rodney is yeah. just consistently doesn't step, makes it very difficult for itself. But it, I just get very confused with the jockey selection because it's a horse that's got so many issues yeah. and they've never put a jockey on it. This was a great opportunity. You've come to town. Joey has a party sitting in the sheds or something. Just put a jockey on it. The horse is going really, really well. Not that Brandon's not a jockey, but he's not claiming again. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't. This is like Brandon's minimum riding weight is 54. Yeah. This horse has exactly 54. So he doesn't get an opportunity to use his two kilo claim. He's yeah. Exactly right. And you've got a senior in the shed like Joey. I'd, yeah, I don't really get it. So, And Arcadia Stars are pretty slow. Yeah, okay. So Tenacious Reward for mine is the biggest danger to uh, King Sicario, but I think King Sicario could – 
Um, this could be a margin on Saturday if it uh, gets the right Hold flow into the race. Yep. Hold a spot, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, well, we've got through the preview in pretty quick time, Terry, but uh, you know what time it is? Uh, the get out, stakes, B-J-S-T-E-A-K-S. Correct. Demondo, the extremely popular get out stakes brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing past and say good day, red carpet treatment at all times out at Market City Meats. And uh, congrats, well, congratulations, Nathan Bennett. Uh, not your Nathan Bennett, the other Nathan mm, Bennett. Disappointing. Um, he is now a four-time Get Out Stakes champion, courtesy of not only Not Secret, but also the Sam White Rule. He was first in Best Dress. Uh, he got the collect, and Nathan was good enough to put a photo up of his um, beautiful meal. Look at that. Did you see that, Terry? I did see that, yeah. actually, yeah. Thanks, Nathan. He's um, done well. He's done well. He's absolutely cleaned up there. Mm. and um, Well yeah. cooked, too. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Mag- distribution of redness. Yeah, magnificent. What mm. do you think of the steak at the Western launch party the, on Thursday? Oh, it's good. Yeah. Chewy. Good. Oh, I was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah mixed, mixed reports. Definitely. From- oh, no, it was pretty ordinary. <laughs> it actually was. I didn't know if we were just being polite or not. <laughs> Um, it was free, so I shouldn't really complain. <laughs> you know, the problem was it wasn't supplied by uh, That's, I Market was just City to go there, I was mm. going to say, yeah. So, of course, the soundbite rule was congratulations again, Nathan. Awesome, mate. Thanks for supporting the competition and the show as always. But the soundbite rule was all important last week and it's come into – it's been required I think twice in the last five weeks. So make sure you never, ever forget the soundbite rule. First in, best dressed. Get your entries through at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Who wins, Ray? Nine Ascot this Saturday and a decimal winning margin. We'd love two decimal places here at the 1 1. Race nine, finish today strong. It's the Kale Jacobs 40th birthday handicap. Happy birthday, Kale. Fantastic. Timmy. Um, so, Timmy Kale. Uh, no, I'm getting confused. My bad. Um, <laughs> he's the soccer player. Was he just <laughs> punching corner flags? Or? No, I was going to say, I saw Tim Payne in the crowd at Gather Around the other day. Oh. He was with uh, Paddy Cummins and Nathan Lyon. But, uh, I saw Brooks Kepker. I thought that was probably more of a... Was he at the footy? Yeah. Yeah, right. Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. And, Mate, he uh, they showed... Uh, he who's the one no one likes? He Patrick Reid. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Reid. Yeah, they showed him in the crowd. I think he was sitting by himself. I think he was getting booed at the footy, wasn't he, Patrick Reid? Um, <laughs> I don't know who uh, who they don't who they dislike more, Patrick Reed or uh, the Hornet, Jason Horn Francis. But um, anyway, um, Kyle Jacobs, happy birthday, mate! Hope uh, hope you have a great day out there at Ascot on Saturday. Good race too, or a competitive race to finish the day. It's a sixty-six plus twelve hundred meters. Couple of handy horses resuming in above the peg and featherweight. My mate, New Stable, has gone from the Streples to the Pierce Brothers with William Pike in the saddle. Born to talk, drawn well. Costas Crown, who struggles to win, but he's drawn well with Chris Parnham and a low weight on as board. I'm sure opinions will be really divided come race nine on Sunday. What's the Costas Crown infatuation in the market? What? How is it favoured? He's a tease, isn't he? Costas Crown. Well, he's, last start, he had the back of rule the rocket. Like how I appreciate Chris going on a horse like this. Oh, I think um, that touch of seniority for Ga- the apprentices. Gateweight, gateweight hoop combination. Yeah, I suppose. followed rule the rocket midweek. It followed it after being smashed in betting. Rule the rocket was a bit of a drifter. Rule the rocket played up badly behind the gates. In all fairness, right. Um, but. 
oh, I, I don't know. It beats me. I don't care. I'm, I'm not even going to feel like a dickhead. It just doesn't – like $3.40 cost his crown. Like, I was third favourite, but – yeah, it's, it's great. They're seeing a horse like that in the market so consistently that, I don't know, it's not that good. doesn't win. It doesn't win very often. Yeah. No. So what's no, its, its record now? Is it one? One, one from 16. It won a maiden. One, yeah. last a lot in a maiden. One from 14, yeah. So yeah, Lacta got over the speed that day. So the key here will be jumping and being closer than featherweight and above the peg, I guess. Mm. Um, but I like this as a betting race. Just looking at it, like you got born to talk. I don't know is a 66-plus horse BJ at eight bucks. Rejuva King, for me, is a miler type thing with the apprentice on. If it's $13 and then my mate's first up for three, 400 days, didn't like the trials and it's single, single figures. figures yeah. So it's just a race. I don't like any of them and they're chewing up so much market percentage. So, so what does that mean? comes down to the fact there's a lot of speed in this. Um, Danny Bella, born to talk. Uh, double Spice will definitely try and lead with Jared Nosko and I like that booking. Mm -hmm. I reckon it's um, not impossible here actually. I think I've got Double Spice equal third favourite that cost us crown actually. My mate's got speed if they want to use it. Yes. yes. It, well, exactly mm -hmm. right if they want to use it. I'm always happy taking on a horse first up 400 days, especially off a semi-lackluster trial. But um, featherweight is is an easy bet here for me. Um, it beats above the peg first up last prep um and it actually meets it 3.5 kilos better not only did it beat it it was a better run patty carberry gave above the peg a 20 out of 10 that day um in all fairness chris gave featherweight a really good run too but it, with the runs they had Pat above the peg probably should have won the race mm. but featherweight didn't just win it one easily i feel like that it was then, like cox played day last year yeah, yeah it was a, it was a feature day yeah. it then came out after a setback, I think it stepped on a nail from memory during its prep, and it was okay at its next few rounds, but it wasn't quite the same. So I think that took the wind out of it. So he put in one real good. You about featherweight? Yeah, yeah he took put in one good run with Jamie Carr on board. It did. Yes. Went around yep. third. That was yep. monstrous. Yeah, dig deep was the yep. race. I went super with Ben Mellon on board. Um, anyway, I've got my memory back now. At least, mm. yeah, remembering nails in feet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, three and a half kilos. And then just the cherry on top is they've both trialed this time in above the peg featherweight. And I'm sure Simon had something in the sheds, but I thought that featherweight's trial was um, aesthetically at least uh, a far nicer trial. So always wary with the apprentices on sit and sprinters, but there is a lot of trust in Luke Campbell um, for me at the moment. So look, I think featherweight's a sub $3 pop here. So happy getting involved, plenty of speed on late in the day. Wooshka, Lukey Campbell, see you later. I was hoping you were going to say that because that was exactly my thoughts as well in the last year, Terry. So that trial was spot on. Um, that little that little edge that you get with the uh, inform three kilo apprentice worth their weight in gold when they're uh, when they're flying as Luke is at the moment. So uh, reasonable run in transit. Featherweight's got a big finish when when he's fresh, especially. So good luck holding him out if he's got a trouble free run. It's one that could go to another level, this prep, featherweight. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a 78 rider, so he's sort mm -hmm. of on the cusp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's one that could um, could step up and, yeah, he's, he's definitely one to watch. Um, as I said, I think stepping on the nail, came out, it's next up, semi-flat, good with Jamie Carr on I don't know. I think that setback might have just hurt its prep. But either that or it's a fresh horse and let's get our money fresh. Very good. All right. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll have our best bets, our maddies, our lays for Sheila Gwynn Stakes Day. Okay, we're in the home straight here on the 1-1, one -one and our Betfair best betting propositions for Saturday are as follows. Ah, my best 
is it's toss up between about five. I don't mind a few on Saturday. Uh, I'll go with the last, the lucky last featherweight. I um, yeah, tick some boxes. All right, race very nine good. featherweight. Mine comes up in the race beforehand, race eight. King Sicario, very keen. Kings Sicario, I'm with you. I like uh, Maddie. Maddie for you, the Guru. You just, you oh, just, do, you just say your words while I'm. Um, okay, so my Maddie. Considering my uh, life. Which I threw out ever so briefly in the preview. Race six, I wouldn't be surprised to see Try For Us produce fresh. Okay. Adrian, CJP, in a funny old 72 plus, uh, I could see her swooping late at a price. Currently, I'm fudging a little bit. At the I moment. thought they had to be $20. No, I'm fudging a little bit. A little bit, um, but I, I'm expecting uh, 21 on Betfair Lab. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll go with, on the fly bit here, I'm going to go with Amber Highway in race number two. If yeah, I can find the front, yep. um, I think it's $19, $20 across the agencies. One also we have a mention as well in race three. <laughs> I love the trial of Marto's Cobb. Yeah, I do too, um, It'll probably get jumped 50 bucks on Betfair, so I'll have five yeah. bucks on it late. And I, I imagine that's named after the late... Paul Martin as well, um, very well loved member oh, of the okay. uh, WA Racing community. Paul Martin um, and great friends with Ash Maley as well. Uh, lay, lay of the day. I'm, I'm, I haven't written anything down. I'm going to lay uh, Export Man the place at a dollar seventy. Go Bella the place at a dollar seventy, and I will lay Arcadia Star the place at two dollars ten. No, get your pens ready because if you want a winner, here's my lay. It's go, <laughs> it's go Bella. Go Bella in the uh, in the staying race. I'm a bit like Terry Wright. You can back it each way now as well because <laughs> I've just laid over the place. So. Rising, uh, rising in weight, 2,200 metres first go. Uh, yeah, I think it's been stitched up a little bit by the, the way that the, the weights fell. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to take her on. on yep. Sunday. Good on him. If it yeah. wins, then good on him. You've, as I said, you can have a lot of fun with all like that if it yeah. if, um, comes out and wins first girl to staying trip. Uh, can I just say our producer, Jen, was her birthday yesterday. Oh. Uh, don't know whether I, it got quite, it, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but just a happiest of happy birthday to our producer, Jen, my sister, and thanks for all the hard work that you always do in putting this uh, the WA Racing podcast together week in, week out. Not sure about 10 years younger than you. 12. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> hey, Don. Um, all right. We got there to the end of a uh, another episode 164. Thank you to Chrissy Parnham and, uh, and Mac. Oh, return, return of the Mac. Up, uh, early doors. So if you want to have a crack at Mac, if you want to have a crack at Mac. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem good, does it? If you want to have a crack at Mac next week's episode, flick us a uh, message, get us in touch with BJ or myself on the uh, Twitter. Jeez, we missed, we missed um, Brad and his prices today. We it was did, chaos. Yeah. Get well soon. That's what I should say. <laughs> get well, get soon. well soon, Brad. Yeah. Uh, get well soon, Brad. And um, until next week on the one one. Oh, 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 oh